Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. Thank you all for getting here tonight. I appreciate you so much. Um, worship's going to be a little different tonight. Brother Dennis wasn't able to make it. And uh, so we, we appreciate him, and we certainly miss him when he's gone. Um, our worship pastor is incredible. She's here always to do, you know, to lead us. Uh, but we're just, hey, I think we're adults, and we can worship the Lord, and, uh, and we'll be okay, right? And so... Uh, why, don't we, why don't we just do that in our own way, just, just to start the service tonight. Uh, let's pray, and, and let's just turn that prayer time into a praise time, okay? Father, we love you. God, we praise you. You're merciful. You're good. You're mighty. And Lord, we just gather tonight to praise your holy name. God, you're, you're so glorious and so righteous to us. Thank you, God, for, for your healing virtue. God, thank you for the help and the hope, the, the power and the mercy and the love, God, we find when we call upon your name. Lord, thank you that you're the God of all healing. Uh, thank you, Lord God, that you overshadow every evil intention of the enemy. You're merciful, you're mighty, you're glorious. And, and God, we just gather tonight just to honor and to exalt you as only, as only you're worthy of, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't he good to us tonight? Amen. Come on, go ahead and give him that hand clap we always do. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. All right. We're going to get rolling tonight. Just a few quick announcements. Of course, um, some of you are missing kids. I saw Randy come in just a minute ago. Uh, Miss Tegan uh, and the kiddos are all at camp this week at kids camp. And uh, we got an update just a little bit ago from uh, Miss Courtney. They're doing things a little different for kids camp than they do for, for youth camp. Uh, youth camp, their services are always during the nighttime, during the evening time, and all their activities are during the day. Well, for the, for the younger kids, they try to have service during the daytime and then let them do their activities outside uh, when it's cooler outside. And uh, so they, they try to keep them as cool as they can right now, boy, especially as hot as it is. And uh, she sent Sister Vonda a picture just a few minutes ago and said they were going to be a little late getting to dinner tonight because uh, all the girls were still in the altars. And so, uh, man, that's, that's super cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and Sister Vonda and I looked at each other and went, we're not there. <laughs> we love kids camp. Uh, we've, we've been doing kids camp together for a long time, Sister Vonda and I. And uh, it's, it's kind of weird, kind of weird not to be there. But uh, we're, we're glad for Jonathan and Courtney. They're doing outstanding, and um, they're, they're doing great. And so remember them, pray for them this week. Guys, let me remind you, men's breakfast is going to be this coming Saturday, uh, 8.30 this coming Saturday morning. I invite all the guys to come out and be a part of that. Um, with the fellowship hall being full like it is, uh, Brother Gary and I were talking uh, just a few minutes ago before service began. And uh, kind of the, the tentative plan right now is we're going to cook uh, in the kitchen, but we're going to eat down under the pavilion. And uh, we're normally, guys are normally done and have eaten breakfast and done our devotion. We're usually out of here by 9.30 anyway, and uh, it doesn't start getting super hot. And so we should be fine uh, to go down there and hang out under the pavilion. And so you guys come on out and have breakfast with us, and uh, it'll be a great time. 
The ladies are meeting Tuesday night for Heart to Heart at 6 o'clock. Uh, it'll be back in the fellowship hall. Uh, Sister LaDonna has been knocking it out of the park. She's had a lot of good help. Uh, but ladies, uh, we'd like to invite you to come and, and to help on Tuesday night to organize clothes, to hang clothes up. There's still going to be fellowship. There's still going to be prayer time. There's still going to be food. You can't get together and be Pentecostal and not have food, right? And so we're going to have food. Uh, I think Sister Vonda said something about fruit and finger foods and stuff like that. And uh, so come on out and, and be a part of that and uh, help hang up stuff. Uh, it's organizing well um, and, and things are coming together. It, Sister LaDonna runs a well-oiled machine. She's very organized. And so absolutely, she deserves that hand clap. And uh, we appreciate her so very much. Uh, if, if you still have donations that you want to bring in, I know there's several that are still doing that. Uh, I spoke with Miss Christy uh, before service tonight as well. I think all the school supplies are done. I think all those are, are purchased. I think it's complete. Uh, if you'd like to make donations towards that, that's perfectly fine as well. Uh, but uh, all the, the school supplies and the backpacks have been purchased. And uh, I think very soon they'll probably start stuffing the supplies in the backpacks. And so um, I'm sure Miss Christie will be organizing that and uh, getting, a, getting a plan put together. But if you still got clothes, you're still cleaning out closets or whatever, bring them on up anytime. You can do that throughout the week or you can bring them up on Sunday. It doesn't matter. Um, but the, the sooner you get them here, the better it's going to be for LaDonna uh, and the ladies to, to get them hung up. And so we appreciate your help with that. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of things happening. We encourage you to, uh, to get connected, get involved, and, and be a part of the things that are, things that are going on. Uh, of course, praise reports. Uh, we want to uh, just, again, thank the Lord for our kids at camp this week. They're doing well. They're surviving the heat. And uh, like I said, Miss Courtney had a good report on how services were going for them. And so uh, I didn't hear from Jonathan. I'm sure he's probably sleeping at some point in time. I'm sure he is. And uh, so anyway, I uh, lift, lift Jonathan and Courtney up and all the kiddos for sure. Uh, continue to pray for our nation. Uh, lift, lift our nation up. Man, I'm telling you guys, it gets crazier every day. Uh, I'm, I'm at that point again. I told you when I went away on vacation, I didn't watch news the whole time that I was gone, and I felt so much better. I'm ready to turn the news off again. Uh, just the sickness that's happened over the last few days makes you want to turn the news completely off. And so uh, it'll improve your attitude if you turn the news off. And so I want to try to do that again. Spoke with Brother Ronnie today. Uh, he was in great spirits. Talked about, you know, possibly getting the IV, IV bag off soon and uh, still going to keep the wound back on. And uh, he said his, uh, his wound was down to the size of a quarter now. And uh, so he was, he was in great spirits. And, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know of a whole lot that gets that fella down. And uh, so I was, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to him and, and uh, lift him up. Continue to pray complete healing. Uh, tonight we need to, we look around the room, we've got several that are missing. Uh, Brother Allen, I want to remember him tonight. He had a root canal today and uh, he was uh, zombied out and he had knocked out. And uh, Sister Faith said she had to make sure that he was awake before she came. And uh, he was alert and awake and the, the dog was guarding. And uh, so he was, he was doing good. Copper was taking care of him. And so we're, we're thankful for that. Uh, Ron and Carol, I want you guys please to lift up Ron and Carol. Uh, Miss Carol tested positive for COVID this last week. And uh, Brother Ron tested negative, but when I talked to him on the phone today, uh, it didn't sound like he had tested negative. Uh, he was hooping and crouping and 
uh, very congested and, and coughing and, and carrying on. And so remember Ron and Carol, please, in your prayers. He said uh, Carol had, had been going through this for about 10 days now uh, was when, when the symptoms started for her. And so, uh, but she was doing better, said she was up and walking around. She's just a little weak still yet. And so please remember Carol tonight in your prayers. Um, also, we want to remember Mama Betty. Uh, just Man, she needs strength in her body. Uh, they're, they're talking about whether or not right now she's strong enough to do uh, the next chemotherapy. Or Okay. Okay. Praise God. Well, let's, let's remember Mama Betty be praying for her. I'm glad my buddy Gerald's doing better. He was kind of out of it this past weekend. And Gerald, I'm glad you're up and going. He had kind of a 24-hour bug. And uh, we want to remember our sister Marla. Uh, the girls just went back and prayed for her just a few moments ago. She wasn't feeling well. And, uh, man, I know, guys, uh, there's a bunch of us that have been suffering with, with sinus headaches, man, right now. The, between the dryness of the weather and just the ragweed must be through the moon. And uh, there's, there's a bunch of people that are struggling with allergies and, and sinus headaches and things like that. And so uh, stay hydrated, stay healthy, and uh, be praying for one another. Just complete healing uh, for one another. A lot of different needs and names that are going on. Uh, we put Brenda Norton on our prayer list. Continue, please, to pray for her. Complete healing for her as well. Um, Joey, still praying for Joey. How's he doing, Dave? Better? Amen. Praise God. Uh, continue to hold him up in prayer. A lot of stuff. Let me give you guys a minute. I'm sure I've forgotten something. Uh, my baby boy is uh, not feeling well. He's kind of, uh, when we saw him uh, this last week, he had big old dark circles under his eyes and between cutting teeth and just stuff like that, he, he just wasn't feeling good. And so uh, hold up, Mr. Summit, to the Lord, please, in prayers. I will ask you selfishly uh, to pray for him. What else tonight? Can I, can I agree with you? My sister? Amen. Let's remember Miss Judy tonight. Okay, yes, sister. Amen. Keep praying for John. And uh, I know I, that's what I meant to say. It's what I meant to talk about. Um, the, the youth group are leaving this coming Sunday uh, to go on their mission trip to Eureka Springs. John's, John's still loading up. He's still going, even with a, a, a cast on his foot and crutches. And so, uh, yeah, he's going to go no matter what. And so, anyway, he's, his mama's a traveling lady. He knows how to get around. And so, anyway, they're, they're going to have a great time. But I'd ask you to remember uh, the youth group uh, as they travel, as they go. And, uh, man, they're going to have an incredible week of ministry uh, this week. And so, uh, please be lifting them up. We're going to have the opportunity Sunday morning to pray with them uh, before service begins on Sunday morning. Uh, I think they're, they're talking about rolling out about 10.15, 10.20, something like that. And so we're going to get to pray with everybody and, and send them off. And, and uh, Chasen is excited. And um, I, I could not be more proud uh, of our youth pastor uh, and the work and the effort that, that they put together. Um, 
I know he'll talk about it probably when they get back on the 24th, uh, but guys, they've raised nearly $9,000 to do this missions trip, and, and it's just incredible. I mean, it, it truly, truly is incredible. And it, it's going to take every penny of that for them to go and do uh, all the things that they're supposed to do, but I, I am so proud of the work that they put forth, all the fundraisers they've done. Uh, they, they put a lot of time and effort into preparing for this, and so... Uh, I, I'm truly, truly happy for them and excited for them and couldn't be more proud, could not be more proud. Let me give you guys a minute, one more time. Any, anything else we need to add to our prayer list? Any other prayer needs or, or prayer requests? All right, let's stand together tonight and pray. Carry these things to the Lord, please. Let's pray together. Father, you're an amazing God, uh, a merciful God and a mighty God. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you're here with us in this room. We thank you, Lord, that you hear and that you answer our cry. Lord, I've lift up tonight my friends, these people I love and care about so very much. Uh, I pray for Brother Allen tonight. God, I ask that you would touch his body. Uh, God, I pray complete healing, a removal of all pain. Let there be no discomfort. Uh, but Lord God, that you would just touch him and make him complete and make him whole. I pray for our kids as they're at camp this week. God, I just pray for a, a supernatural radical encounter with you. A complete healing over Brother Ronnie Burns. Lord, touch him, heal him. Uh, God, tonight for Sister Betty, Lord, just touch her and minister <coughs> healing to her body and to her, her life. God, I just ask that you would intervene on her behalf. God, I pray tonight for Ron and for Carol. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, minister healing. Let all infection, let any sickness be lifted off their bodies. God, continued healing for John. Uh, God, I, I pray a healing for that bone, for it to set in place exactly where it's supposed to be. God, for my sister Marla tonight, that you'd be with her, you'd touch her, you'd heal her, you'd let there be a relief of this headache. God, all of our friends and our loved ones who are suffering tonight with, with headaches and allergies, Lord, I just pray a, a removal and a lifting of it. Uh, God, just a peace to settle about them. I pray for Sister Judy Claiborne tonight, God, that you'd touch her and you'd minister complete healing. Lord, thank you for touching Gerald. And Lord, what you've done for him, you can do for all of us tonight. Lord, we believe you're no respecter of person. What you've done for one, God, you can do for another. And Lord God, tonight we just thank you ahead of time for the work that you've done and God, for the work that you're going to do. We give you glory, thanks, praise, and honor. You're good, Lord. You're so good and your mercy endures forever. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' amazing name we pray, amen and amen. Come on and give him a hand clap of thanks tonight. Thank the Lord. God bless you as you're seated. Thank the Lord. God's so good. He is so faithful. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate all that the Lord's doing tonight. I want to jump right into the Word. i got a long ways to go, and, and uh, we want to we get in the middle of the Word. And so if you wouldn't mind... Joining me one more time, just lifting your heart and your voice, and let's just, let's just give him praise one more time. Father, again we praise you. Lord, again we thank you. Lord, again we honor you. God, we adore you. Lord, we lovingly respect you tonight in this place. God, we, we're here to celebrate the King of glory. Thank you, God, your mercy and your might. Hallelujah and amen and amen. Isn't he good tonight, church? Amen, amen. I'm thankful tonight he's a living God, aren't you? Yeah, How many would agree tonight that he's alive in the church tonight? Yeah, 
He, he's alive in each and every believer. He lives in our heart. He lives in our soul. He lives in our spirit. And so I believe that means he's, a, he's alive in this room. If he's alive in me, then he's alive in this room, right? And as a living God, listen, I believe he desires this vibrant, living, daily, living, walking, talking relationship with each and every one of us. How many would agree with that? I believe he wants us to have an exciting relationship with him. God doesn't want us to have a relationship of just moldrum or ho-hum or going through the motions, but, but I submit to you tonight, God wants you to have a, a vibrant, exciting relationship with him. How many would agree with that? Uh, tonight, as we dig into the Word of God, we, we wrap up this Seven Letters to the Seven Churches series that we began several, several weeks ago. Uh, we, we began to study and to dig into these, these letters that were written to these, these churches there in the book of Revelation. And, and what we have learned is the truth that Christ spoke about the, the natural trend in churches towards spiritual stagnation or, or spiritual decline or spiritual indifference. These are all things that we've spoken about and learned there in the, the book of Revelation from these seven letters to these seven churches. What we've also learned is that uh, even a church can be affected by wicked and unfaithful people both inside and outside of the church. These are some of the things we've learned in this study. What we've seen and know is that all of the seven churches have characteristics that can be common even, yes, in the church of 2022. And what we've discovered from this study is how we as believers today and we collectively as a church can keep these things from happening in our own lives and in our church as well. See, I personally believe that it's good and healthy for us to daily examine our lives in comparison to the Word of God, right? We need to examine our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We need to examine our, our life in light of the revelation of the truth of His Word. There's a lot of people who want to judge their relationship with God based upon somebody else's relationship with God. Well, I know if they're going to make heaven, surely I'm going to make heaven. Or there's other people who want to judge their relationship with God based upon something that happened in the past. Well, uh, this is what Grandpa said about it, so that must be the way it is. That's the only way it could be. Well, I want you to understand something tonight, and that is simply this. No matter what somebody else is doing or how Grandpa did it, it's not based upon the past or anybody else's relationship. It's based upon our relationship with Almighty God Himself. If the Word of God says it's wrong, it's still wrong. And what we've learned in these seven letters to these seven churches is that the only way to avoid spiritual decline is to know the truth of the Word of God and then have sincere repentance in our heart and return to the truth of God. And then tonight we dig into the Word for the very last time into these seven letters about these seven churches. And we're going to talk about the church at Laodicea. They had a special problem in Laodicea. They were the lukewarm church. Find your Bibles if you would. We're going to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. <clears throat> I'm going to read verses 14 through 22. Revelation 3, 14. The Bible says, And to the angel of the church at Laodicea write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, and that you're neither cold nor hot, Oh, I wish you were cold or hot. And so because then you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. 
because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you're wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, white garments so that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and that you may anoint your eyes with salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he will be with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Verse 22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the seven churches. Let's pray together tonight. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to minister it tonight. God, I pray revelation knowledge come alive inside of us tonight. Lord, leave nothing out tonight that you want to do. God, never for the glory of a minister, but God, always for the glory of the kingdom of heaven. May your name be lifted high and exalted. Lord, I love you and I praise you. I give you thanks. In Jesus' amazing name I pray. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Let's give him one more hand clap of thanks if you wouldn't mind. How many are thankful tonight Jesus is coming soon? Amen. In light of the, the word and the study that we've done through the book of Revelation, I am thankful that Jesus is coming. How about you? I am so thankful that he gave us this instruction book. I'm thankful for the Word of God. I believe the reason we have it is so that we can be prepared for his soon return. How many believe that tonight? In its most basic sense, in our most basic understanding of the Bible, you can break the Bible down into two categories. Examples of things to follow, examples of things to pick up and adopt in your life, and then there's examples of things that you, that you shouldn't do in your life. There's, there's examples of things that we shouldn't become a part of. Uh, a list of things that are good and will bring blessing. And then there's also a, a list of things that are not good that will lead us to a place of death and to the curse. A few examples of things that are good for us to do are, are found in like the book of Psalms, chapter 47, verse 1. It says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Now, let me know that's a good thing for the church to do. It's good for us to clap our hands. It's good to shout with a voice of triumph. Listen, it's okay to get loud in the house of God. Amen. Somebody would say, preacher, he ain't deaf. Well, friend, he ain't scared either. And so it's all right to go ahead and get happy and shout every once in a while. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. How many know it's a good thing to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse? Not a partial tithe. God doesn't want us to be tippers. God wants us to be tithers. God didn't ask you for 90%. God asked you for a tithe, a 10% offering. Listen, God says bring the whole tithe. Friend, that's a good thing for us to do because there's a blessing associated with the commandment that God gives to us. If we'll be faithful, so will he, right? That's just a select few things that the Word tells us that we, that we should do, a few examples that we should be following. But, but then we also see a few things that we should avoid as well. Romans 12 and 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, don't let evil get the best of you. 
That's what the Word of the Lord says. How many know it looks like evil's mounting up on each and every front? It looks like evil's winning. It looks like evildoers are getting ahead. Do not be overcome by evil. Don't let it get the best of you, but overcome evil with good. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. In other words, don't go around being rude and crude and overbearing with the words that come out of your mouth. Don't tear people down, but build people up. Listen, we live in a world in a society where they'll stab you in the back and cut you to the core just to get ahead in the, in the world we're living in, right? The, the Bible says those are things to avoid. Don't be overcome by evil. Don't let malice come out of your mouth. Don't let a corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. So what we find from the Word of God is that there's some things we should do and there's some things that we shouldn't ought to do as well. And what I believe we see from the church at Laodicea is not an example of the things that we should do, but what I believe we see from the church at Laodicea is an example of the things we shouldn't ought to be doing, right? The church at Laodicea was known as the, the lukewarm church. Most of the commentaries that I read today in preparation for this message tonight is uh, all agreed on this point, and that was that Laodicea was most likely the, the closest example of what the church would be like just prior to the return of Jesus. A lukewarm church. Jesus is returning for a lukewarm church. No, he's coming back for a bride that's alive, that's awake. Lord forbid that any of us should ever be considered lukewarm or Lone Grove Assembly of God should ever be considered a lukewarm church, but we need to be a fire-filled church continually. Amen. Laodicea, through the study, I found out that it was the wealthiest of the seven churches here in this study. It was known for its banking industry. It was the manufacturer of wool, and it had a medical school where they produced ISAB. Remember that. It's important later on in the message. The city had also uh, always dealt with water supply problems. It was a wealthy city, but they had a hard time getting water to it. And so their answer to the situation was they built an aqueduct. How many know what an aqueduct is? It's not a duck that swims in the water. It's this thing that brings water. Aqueduct. Anyway. It's this thing that carries water into the city. They had this aqueduct built, and it was fed. The aqueduct was felt, uh, f fed from a hot spring that brought water into the city. The only problem was from the location of where that hot spring was to where the city was, by the time the, the water got to the city, the water wasn't hot by the time it got there, and it wasn't cold by the time it got there. It was just lukewarm by the time it got there. And it was just really not good for a whole lot. They either had to wait for the water to cool off before they could use it or they had to heat the water back up to a boiling point so that they could use it because lukewarm water, the only thing it's good for is to cause you to become nauseated and sick. If you drink lukewarm water, it turns your stomach. Spiritually, what we find is that the church in the city had become much as the same as that water that was feeding them every day. It was there, but it wasn't good for much. The church had grown complacent. The church had grown indifferent. And its indifference led to idleness. Thus, they became a lukewarm church. 
Church family, can I tell you tonight that in the year 2022, that if there's one sickness that's prevalent within the body of Christ that's spreading abroad throughout the entire world today, it's that the church is growing more and more and more lukewarm every day. So many around the state and so many around the world have lost the drive or the motivation to do anything for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We're just here to go through the motions. We're just going to circle the wagons, hold hands, and sing kumbaya until Jesus comes. Listen, one of the stats that I read in preparation for this, for this message tonight made my skin absolutely crawl. It was one that told me uh, that in the past year that the stats showed that there had not been any converts in 17% of the Assembly of God churches in the state of Oklahoma. 17% of the churches in the state of Oklahoma had not recorded one soul saved in their altars in the entire year of 2021. Whoa. 17, come on. There's only 400 and, 415 churches in the state of Oklahoma, Assembly of God churches in our state. And so 17%, come on, Vonda's doing the math. 17% of those churches didn't have one person who accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of their life in an entire year time? Come on, that's heartbreaking, church. That's a sign of lukewarmness, quite honestly. That, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Here, your pastor, more and more churches are looking for reasons to cancel church services. More and more churches are doing away with things like Royal Rangers and Missionettes and Sunday School. And the excuse that they use for doing away with these things is simply, oh, I can't find somebody to, to fulfill the job or, or, or there's nobody trained or there's nobody that wants to show up to come to be a part of that ministry. And so, so why should I even prepare or have a ministry like that why should I give an altar call if I'm giving an altar call to a room full of people that are saved every week listen if you don't give an altar call if you don't prepare no life's ever gonna be changed I refuse I refuse I refuse to be a lukewarm pastor and I refuse to be a part of a lukewarm church I desire to be in love with the Lord passionately. I desire to be doing everything in my strength and in my power to honor him, to please him, to build the kingdom of heaven. I want to be red hot on fire in love with him. I want to live and burn for him every day of my life. And I believe you guys do as well or you wouldn't be in this room tonight. There are some things I believe we can learn from from that lukewarm church there at Laodicea, some things I think we need to understand tonight from the Word of God. And the very first thing we learned from this lukewarm church is we need to talk about this disgusting drink. Look at verses 15 and 16. Verse 15 says this, I know your works. <laughs> Can I just tell you tonight he knows all our works? Yeah, I know your works. And that you're neither cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot. And so then because you're lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I'm going to vomit you yeah. out of my mouth. Yeah. You're a barf bag Christian. I know, I know it's not a very pleasant thing to talk about. And, and Brother Gerald just went through it this weekend. But there's everybody in this room probably at some time or another in your life have had to vomit. 
At some point, I, I don't know that I've ever met anybody in my life that's never had a, a time when they had to throw up. I, I don't know about you, but uh, there, there's times when you put something in your stomach or you put something in your mouth, and immediately it comes right back up. I remember going to a restaurant one time, and I, I went over, and I was going to get me a Sprite. Man, I, I, for some reason, every great so often, I get this, this hankering for a Sprite or a 7-Up. And, and so I went to the, the, the fountain machine. I got me some ice, and I put my cup underneath there to get me some Sprite. And, and I got back to the table, and I sat down, and I tipped it up, and I started to drink that Sprite. It was not Sprite. It was just all carbonated water. <laughs> it looked like Sprite, but it was not Sprite. And it went right back in that glass. As soon as it went in my mouth, it went right back in that glass. And I had another story, and I, I, I've really debated, but since it's such a cool group of people tonight, I'll tell you. I was in high school playing baseball, and, and we all had our water bottles along the side there, and and it was my time at bat, and I got up, and I went to bat, and, and my dad was standing behind the dugout. Dad coached me all through uh, elementary and junior high, but in high school, we got real coaches, you know, and so dad's standing behind the dugout, and I go bat, and, and I come back, and I'd struck out, but my water bottle was still right there. My daddy smoked, okay? I, I'm not throwing him under the bus, but that's just who daddy was, like 12 packs a day. I get back to the dugout, and I reach over, and I grab my water bottle up, and he's looking at me. He's got that look on his, on his face, you know, like, you struck out. You're in trouble when you get home. Of course, I'm a little older now. I didn't get quite as bad of beatings. Anyway, so I pick up my water bottle, and I go to drink it, and when I did, a cigarette butt went in my mouth. Daddy had put his cigarette out in my water bottle. I didn't go back in that inning because I was over there in the corner erping my guts out because it was just so. The Lord says, that's what we do to him. Are you hearing me? We turn the stomach of Almighty God when we're neither hot nor cold. The Lord says to the church at Laodicea, they're a disgusting drink in his mouth. They're neither hot or cold or lukewarm. To be cold would be to be refreshing. Man, when you're working out, especially as hot as it is right now, I can suck down a bottle of water just like that. I mean, it doesn't take anything for a, a good cold bottle of water to go down quick. Even uh, Brother David, he likes his water at room temperature. He doesn't like one out of the, the ice chest. He doesn't like one out of the refrigerator. He likes his, his water to be room temperature. But when it's 195 degrees outside, a room temperature bottle of water is refreshing compared to what it is outside, right? To be cold is to be refreshing. To be hot is to be medicating. Have you ever gotten sore muscles or uh, an achy back and, and you want to put a, a compress or you get in and you take a really hot, hot, hot shower as hot as you can stand it and, or your, your sinuses get plugged up in the morning? Come on. If I don't have a hot shower first thing in the morning, I can't breathe all day long. It's just that, that hot water hitting me in the face just opens everything up. Hot, the, the hot water can be medicating. It can help you get better. But to be lukewarm... To be lukewarm is nauseating. To be cold is refreshing. To be hot is medicating. But to be lukewarm is nauseating. 
And the people at the church at Laodicea had grown complacent and they had grown indifferent and they came to the point of caring about me, my four, and no more. They had reached the place where they didn't care about anything. They were just lukewarm. They were just circling the wagons and holding on until something happened. The believers in the church at Laodicea did not take a stand for anything. And by neglecting to do anything for the name of Christ, they had become hardened, they had become self-satisfying, and they had become half-hearted. They were Christians in name alone. Church, can I tell you tonight that we need to be a whole lot more than Christians in name alone. Our God deserves so much more than a half-hearted devotion. He deserves so much more than a lukewarm relationship. Our God deserves our everything. He deserves our all, all the time. Jesus said in Mark 12 and 30, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. He said that's the number one commandment. That's the first thing you need to focus on. Oh, he went on to say, and and love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if we're not loving God, it's sure going to be hard to love my neighbor. Amen? Amen. All. All means all. Not just when it's convenient. Not just when people are watching. Not just when the, the job's on the line. He is a loving God who loves you every day. And we need to have an all out loving relationship with him every day ourselves. Church, don't settle for following God halfway. You want to do something radical in your lifetime? Try selling out to God and giving Him your all in everything you do. You want to be different from the crowd? We were driving someplace the other day, and this man, I'm talking about purple hair. I looked at Vaughn and I said, how come they got purple hair? She said, Gary, I really don't know. I said, I wonder if they're trying to be different. I wonder if they're trying to stand out from the crowd. You want to be different and stand out from the crowd? Man, let Jesus come alive in your heart in a radical way. And and purple hair won't matter for nothing. You'll have a purple heart. (laughs) Something like that. Be refreshing or be medicating, but don't be nauseating. What can we learn from the lukewarm church? Man, we... We need to learn we don't want to be a disgusting drink. Another thing we need to learn from the lukewarm church is this. We need to make an investment in God. Make an investment in God. Make an investment in not streaming. Ah. Back up one, two. There it is, hallelujah. I got the best sound booth, people. Look at verses 17 and 18. Verse 17, the Bible says... Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are actually wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may actually be rich and white garments that you may be clothed and that that the the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and and that you may anoint your eyes with salve that, that you may actually be able to see something. Thank God tonight. How many understand that an investment in God is always going to be the best investment, right? Amen. Remember with me, the, this church there at Laodicea was, was the wealthiest of the seven churches that we've talked about throughout our study. 
Laodicea was known for its banking. It was known for its wool industry. It was known for that medical school where they produced that ISAP. Laodicea was the wealthy community, and that meant that the church there was wealthy as well. They had a bunch of rich people, good tithers, who went to the church at Laodicea. Can I tell you, there's something that happens when you've got a bunch of rich people, good tithers, that go to the church. The, the pastor backs off preaching because he don't want to step on their toes and run them off because their tithes will leave when they leave, right? You know what my pastor taught me a long time ago? You'd say, well, pastor, you sure don't do that. You step on everybody's toes. Yes, ma'am, because my daddy who lives in heaven, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold and all the silver. My God owns it all. And so whether somebody brings their tithe into the storehouse or whether they don't, that's not between me and them. That's between God and them. In fact, I don't know who pays tithes and who don't pay tithes. And so you can't ever accuse me of stepping on the big tither's toes because I don't know if you pay stinking tithes or not not amen? amen but when a church is is concerned or a pastor's concerned about uh, about not getting on nobody's toes and running them off you'll compromise the preaching of the word of god right and when the people of the church are are wealthy and they've got a little bang in the buck and a little cash in the bank then what they come to the conclusion of i don't have to depend upon god half as much because i can depend on my checkbook and i can depend on my bank account and the Lord says, listen, you think you're rich, but in all actuality, you're naked and blind and cold. You think you got everything, but you don't have nothing. The sad truth is the things that they could, could see and buy had become more valuable to them than the things that were unseen and the things that were eternal. What's Pastor Gary tell you? The things of this old world are going to rust and rot and blow away, but the things of God are going to last forevermore. Wealth and comfort and ease can make people self-confident and complacent to the point that they stop depending upon God. They stop being as zealous about their relationship with the Lord and they're more dependent upon pursuing the almighty buck. Listen, our God is more precious than any silver or gold. He's more precious than anything this old world can offer. Uh, Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says, For what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world, but he lost his own soul? Man, I can heap up barns full of money. I can have more cars than I could ever drive, a boat in every stall on every lake. But if I don't have God in my heart, all that accumulation of wealth is for absolutely nothing. When the Lord told them to buy gold, he was talking about spiritual treasures. Buy gold from me that's been refined. You can find spiritual treasures in Almighty God. When he was speaking about white garments, he was talking about being clothed in the righteousness of Christ Almighty. And when he was talking about anointing their eyes with salve, he said, listen, I know you got that medical school there where you produce stuff to help your eyes, but uh, if you'll anoint your eyes with my salve, the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth to you in a way such as you've never known it before. My friend, let me tell you tonight, it's time to invest in Almighty God all the money in the world is worthless compared to the spiritual treasures that he has to offer to you and I. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Jesus said, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, if you put your treasure in heavenly things and not earthly things, then you're going to be looking towards heaven every day and not depend upon your bank account or the things the world has to offer. These are the things that compiled in this church's life to cause them to be considered lukewarm. God forbid it should ever happen to any of us. A lot of people spend a lot of time in pursuit of the Almighty Buck when in reality what we need to spend our time in pursuit of is Almighty God. If you want to make the wisest investments you could ever make, listen, they're talking about a, an economic upheaval and uh, the interest rate being higher than it's ever been before. Don't invest in land. Don't invest in silver. Don't invest in gold. Don't invest in housing. Don't invest in real estate. But invest in Almighty God every day of your life and the return on your investment will be greater than anything this old world could ever offer you. What do we need to learn from this lukewarm church? We must invest in God. Amen. One more thing we need to learn from this lukewarm church, is, and that is this. There is a wide open invitation. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 in the Word says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> I'm so thankful for an open invitation. It's not a secluded. It's not a, an isolated. It's not a selective invitation. Well, I'm just inviting the white people or I'm just inviting the black people or I'm just inviting the Hispanic. The Lord said, this is an open invitation to anybody. If you'll open the door, I'm going to come in. If you'll invite me, I'll come in and be with you. Well, I believe anyone is anyone. How about you tonight? This letter was written to the church there at Laodicea. And what we've seen is that this church had grown indifferent and complacent. They were lukewarm water in the mouth of Almighty God that made him want to vomit. And now the Lord goes on to say, If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him. The reality of this is this, friend. The anybody to open the door were those lukewarm, indifferent people. He was offering them the opportunity to come in and dine with them. It didn't matter what they'd done in their past. It didn't matter how far they'd turned away from him. It didn't matter how lukewarm they were. The Lord said, if you'll open the door, I'll come on in and be with you. Church, I want you to hear your pastor tonight. He still offers this open invitation to anybody who will open the door to him. And church, I want you to understand, anyone means anyone. Anyone can receive the open invitation from the Heavenly Father. It could be tonight that, that maybe you've gone through some, some times where you just felt so familiar with God that, that you just became indifferent and, and grew lukewarm and, and you went through that season where you just felt you just weren't as close to God as you were at one time in your life. Friend, he opens the door of invitation and says, let me in and I'll be with you. It could be that you're placing more value on the, the things in your life than on your relationship with Jesus. You're putting more emphasis on the, the monetary things, the, the things the world has to offer than you are on your relationship. Listen, he says, open the door and I'll come in and be with you. It could be that you've never really placed any value on your relationship with him. Listen, 
He says, open the door and I'll come in and be with you. I love what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. In Revelation, he says, if you'll open the door, I'll come in. And then Matthew says, you can come to me. And so we can either go to God or we can open up and let him come to us. Either way, it's an open invitation for the whosoevers. Even those who grew lukewarm and indifferent and cold and complacent. Jesus is coming. He's coming back for a fired up church. He's coming back for a fired up church. I love the, the question that the Gospels pose to us where it says, Jesus asked and said, When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Will, it, will he truly find faith? I think, I think he may have been thinking about the church at Laodicea. Is it going to be a lukewarm church that I'm coming back for that's, that's lost its faith, its confidence, its trust in me? Or am I coming back for a fire field, in love, on fire, full of zeal church every day? May a lukewarm spirit never, never get a hold of anybody in this room or any of those that are listening at home. May a lukewarm spirit never have a place or a thought or even a, a concept in your heart or, or any ministry that you're a part of. I pray for pastors continually. I have so many pastor friends that, that I know are full of fire and full of zeal and, and preach the Word of God with, with uncompromising power and anointing. But I also have friends that, that are more concerned about offending somebody who sits on one of their pews than they are with preaching the truth. Man, that the Lord would convict our hearts and our spirits as ministers of the gospel that we would be most concerned about honoring God before honoring anybody else. Father, I pray. I pray for my brothers and my sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray for my friends, my loved ones. I, I pray for people that I've gone to to Bible college with. I pray for people that I've ministered shoulder to shoulder beside. I, I pray for people that, I, that I've counted on and, and discipled with and stood beside and discipled to. God, I, I pray for myself. I pray for my wife. I pray for my children. God, I, I pray for, for the people I love and care about tonight. God, may our hearts never grow indifferent. May we never grow complacent. God, may we never grow lukewarm. God, but may we keep a fire, a zeal. May we be hot or cold, but never lukewarm. God, I pray tonight that as we've gone through this study of these seven letters through these seven churches, that, that Lord, you've helped us to reflect inwardly, both as a church and an individual. God, that, that we've seen things that we need to adopt and do in our lives. We want to be that faithful church. But, Lord, I pray that we've seen things that we want to avoid as well. We never want to be the church that allows wickedness to reign within it. Father, I pray right now that you'd walk with us tonight. Meet with us as we pray. And, Lord God, that you would just speak your truth and love to every heart. God, that we may never, ever grow lukewarm. But, God, that we might continually be full of zeal. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, heads bowed and eyes closed. 
if you're in this room tonight and I look around and I see friends and family, but man, I can't ever, I can't ever not. If you're here and you need Jesus to become your Savior, then this is your moment. This is the time. Pastor, I need Jesus. I, I need him to save my soul. Would you please stand to your feet right now? Anywhere in this room. Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus to become my Savior. Thank you, Father. Congregation, would you join me in standing tonight? Sister Sherry's picked us out some music, and we're going to spend some time in prayer tonight. I pray this word is spoken to your heart. I pray tonight that, that God has stirred you to the place where you say, Man, I don't want to ever allow anything to cause me to be lukewarm towards my God, but I always want to be filled with fire, passion, and zeal for Him. I want to invite you tonight to meet with Him and allow the Holy Spirit to stir you up. God bless you as you pray.